This is a story of sorts, the podcast mostly about bookish stuff, and I am your host, Karina Pereira. Hello everyone and welcome to another season of A Story of Sorts. I am so happy to be doing this again and I can't wait to show you all the things that I've been preparing in the last months. We kick off season 3 with an interview with Reina Marder Gentin about changing career paths at 50, how she used her work knowledge on her three published books and about writing what you know. Have a listen. Reina, welcome to A Story of Sorts. Thanks for having me. Tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I live in New York. I live with my husband, who I married uh, shortly after high school. We've been married for 30 years. And we have two kids uh, who are now out of the house. Oh. <laughs> and that's really quite, quite an amazing thing, um, good and bad. And I practiced law for many years, um, almost 25 years before I started writing. Um, I left my job in 2014 and I started writing kind of a little bit on a whim. Somebody invited me to go to a class um, at our local, local university and I went with her. And yeah, so since then I've written, I've, I'm about to have my third book is coming out tomorrow. I've had a bunch of other, you know, short stories, personal essays, all different things published. So yeah, it's been great. And I'm really curious about, uh, about that story. How does someone who has practiced law for almost 25 years decides to become a full-time writer? So the law that I was doing um, for the most part was criminal appellate work um, where we would represent people that were had been convicted of a crime in New York and they get one shot at one appeal to a higher court. Um, so there was a lot of writing um, involved in the job um, and honestly a lot of creative writing like it was sort of you know, you had to base your arguments on the law, mm -hmm. of course, but, um, you know, but a lot of it was how you framed things and how you told the story about what happened to this person and what this person may or may not have done in a way to try to engender some sympathy for them and to get the judges to think about giving them a second chance. So I feel like I was doing a lot of kind of <laughs> persuasive creative writing before I left the job. And then when I left, it was very much like I kind of was starting over. I was, I think, 48 when I left. Um, and, you know, when you find yourself at that point in your life, not really having a direction, it was, it was frightening. Um, but it was also kind of liberating. It was like, wow, you know, luckily, you know, I'm in a position where I didn't have to get a new job right away. And I could give myself the time to explore what else might be interesting to me. And as I say, I took this class with my friend. She um, invited me to go along and it was a memoir class. And, you know, I thought that was crazy. Like I knew I wasn't going to write a memoir, right? Like I, I didn't have that sort of life to write a memoir. Um, but it was really interesting. Like I learned a lot about what memoir is and isn't. And it can really be sort of much more focused and much you know, much smaller scale in a certain way. And I, you know, I did a lot of writing about different people in my life and different moments and chapters of my life. And I was able to kind of develop those characters afterwards into what turned out to be my first book. So yeah, it's been a great transition. I mean, it's, it's very, very different, obviously. And there are, you know, parts that are better than other parts, but, um, but I'd say overall, it's been great. Do you think that that class with your friend was like the, the changing point? Do you think you would still have become a writer if you hadn't attended the class? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I really <laughs> kind of, I really had no idea what I was going to do at all. And it was just kind of random that I went with her. It was kind of random that she asked me. I mean, I, you know, we're, we're kind of better friends now than we were seven years ago. And I don't even know why it occurred to her to ask me if I wanted to go with her. So I, you know, I kind of feel like there's a larger hand at play <laughs> somewhere. But Tell us about your books. What do you write about? So the first book was very much based on um, my own experiences in the public defender's office. Um, I knew all the time that I was there, that there were some good stories <laughs> and that, you know, I was hopeful that someday I would be able to take at least one of my cases and kind of follow it through in a fictional way, um, which is what I did. I, I had a case that involved a sexual assault, um, which I had had reversed um, based on a error with the DNA evidence. And mm -hmm. I was interested in sort of, you know, the story behind the story, who was, you know, who was this guy? Was he, had he really done these terrible things to this woman and to other women? Um, or was there more ambiguity? And, you know, what could I do with his story? So I, you know, the main character bears some resemblance to me in the book. <laughs> um, she's, you know, been doing this work for a while she's a little bit burnt out um and then she gets assigned to represent this guy who she thinks may be innocent and you know it takes a romantic turn which none of my clients i i, I <laughs> you know that that part was not me at all um but it made you know for good reading in the book um so that was the first book the second book i actually again another friend who i had met through these classes was encouraging me to take a class on writing for youth, writing for young people. Mm -hmm. um, and I wrote a book um, for middle grade students, which is sort of, I don't know, 10 to 14, something like that, um, where the protagonist has uh, undiagnosed dyslexia and she's dealing with all, all the things that go along with that, the frustration and the lack of self-esteem and bullying and um, a lot of issues. Um, that go along with that. So that's been great. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm proud of the book. I think it has a lot of good lessons to teach people that age about empathy and about resilience. I, I, I'm, you know, the issue here is that because of COVID, it, ca it came out in January of 2021 and mm -hmm. all the schools here have, were closed <laughs> at the time. The libraries were closed, um, bookstores. <laughs> so it's just been hard to get a lot of traction. I'm, I'm starting to go to schools now, which is great. Um, but even that, like I, I, I visited a school last week and, you know, we had to do everything outside and the kids were still masked and, you know, it's, it's just been difficult. Um, it's, it's been tough for writers, I think, to, uh, to publish books during a pandemic. I have uh, interviewed a few people uh, which has been the case, but of yeah. course the experience of publishing a book during a pandemic is not really the same. No, it's not. I mean, it's just so hard to get out and about and everything, you know, everything is kind of shut down and all these things on Zoom are fantastic. And in some ways, you know, you reach people that you would not have reached um, mm -hmm. before. But on the other hand, the actual like selling of books on Zoom is not, <laughs> you know, it's not so easy. So that's been interesting. Uh, <laughs> and my new book comes out now. It's uh, also back to the law. Um, the protagonist is a family court judge. And um, I spent my early years um, in family court. So it's a love story, but it, um, you know, it, it revolves around 
this woman who's this family court judge and a guy that she's dating who's an internet blogger. Um, so, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, it's all been fun. And a little bit also picking like the, the more modern kind of stories as well with the mm -hmm. internet blogging and such. Right, trying to get into the <laughs> modern day. What is the title of the, the books? Uh, the first book is called Unreasonable Doubts. Mm -hmm. The second book is called My Name is Layla. That's the children's book. And the third book that's coming out is called Both Are True. Yeah, and it comes out on the because this is published a right. little bit I later. <laughs> I no, no problem. It. it comes out on the 5th of October 2021, yes. right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, so it will be already out exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. Oh, do you have anything planned for tomorrow for the release? Um, not so much for tomorrow. I have a launch party uh, coming up a few days after the release um, on the weekend because I wanted to make it a time when friends could come. Um, And we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm desperately hoping it's not some kind of COVID super spreader <laughs> event. Um, we're going to be outside, and I'm doing yeah. my best to kind of keep it safe. And everybody's vaccinated, but somehow that's not really making much of a difference these days. But um, but it should be fun. I hope it'll be fun. I was going to ask you, like, in which ways as your work as a lawyer helped you as a writer? Because it kind of makes me think a little bit like how Agatha Christie used her knowledge as a nurse to, to right. you know, with the poison. So I kind of feel that your knowledge as a lawyer helps a lot when it comes to research. Do you still have to do a lot of research for the books? Um, I had to do some research. I wanted to make sure, you know, that I didn't get anything wrong. <laughs> um, some, you know, I did some regarding like sentencing things that I'm not, that I was not as familiar with so that I didn't get things wrong. Um, but I think in the bigger picture, you know, my training really helped me with the writing. Like I, I think I, first of all, I think I'm very disciplined. I think that I understand that words matter, that you can't, substitute one word for another word and it'll all be the same. I mean, that's not how lawyers think. Um, you know, and I think very much trying to look at things from different angles to, you know, mm -hmm. recognize that something may appear one way, but you have to look at all sides of the story to really understand what's going on. And I think I've tried to do that. I mean, in the new book, it's told from uh, Jackie's perspective. That's the judge. And then also from Lou's perspective. So the, the chapters alternate and, you know, you really get a sense of what they're each thinking and, you know, whether this is going to work out and whether, you know, they need to abandon ship <laughs> and, and go for something else. But, um, but it was interesting to write that way, just That's to try to get into their heads and, and also especially trying to write from a male perspective, which I had never really tried to do before. So it it must be interesting also to kind of pick up to people and decide what parts of the story or which kind of views they have of the same story right it was interesting and and they all they both had very different journeys to take also which is kind of I, what i was interested in and why i i made it dual perspective because her her thing is that she's kind of very controlling she's a judge she wants to make decisions and make things you know, fix things, fix the families that come in front of her. And that's kind of how she's approached her love life also. And he's much more kind of laid back, but also kind of not so great at committing. <laughs> he's sort of on the, on the other side of the spectrum. So 
you know, she has to learn how to step back a little bit and he needs to learn how to step up. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it was interesting, like showing where they were at different points. What was the most challenging book to write or to publish or both? Can be both. Yeah. Um, so I think certainly the first book was the most challenging to publish. Um, it was probably the easiest to write because it was, it came out of my experience and I was, you know, very much, it was set in an office similar to the office that I worked in. A lot of the characters were similar to people that I knew. Um, so that was probably easiest to write, but, you know, figuring out the whole publishing thing and what the options were and, you know, where I stood as a middle-aged person with no experience in this and very little social media presence and how that was going to play out with agents and publishers and, you know, working all that out was very difficult. Um, I think once you do it once, <laughs> it's, it's a little easier. So the other books definitely were easier on the publishing side. And I would say on the writing, probably the middle grade was, was harder for me because it was, you know, I, I felt it was very important to get the right voice for it and to get back to that 14 year old <laughs> understanding of life. And, you know, I'm well, way past that. So, it, you know, it was, hard, it was hard. It was hard to get yeah. back into her head. I mean, I, I think it came out, I think it was good, but I think it was, it took me back to a place that I hadn't, you know, anticipated going back to. So you write for adults, but also middle graders, you write essays and short fiction. Do you have a favorite medium? I mean, I think the novels are the, certainly the most exciting when you're, you know, when your book is coming out, there's nothing like that. It's, you know, it's, it's also terrifying. You all, you all of a sudden realize that people are going to be reading something that you've put kind of your whole heart into. And, and I, I myself feel very exposed. I think other people maybe feel more confident than I do. I, I, I feel very, I should say, I feel very confident about the writing itself, but whether the story makes sense or whether, you know, whether it's going to appeal to people, that's a little harder. Mm -hmm. um, I think with the new one, the advanced reaction that I've been getting from people that read it early is they seem to like it, but definitely they have trouble with some of the things that the characters do in the book. And, <laughs> and that's okay with me. Like they tell me, you know, one person posted yesterday, like she wanted to strangle Lou. And I was like, okay, like if he evoked <laughs> that level of emotion in you, like, I think that's great. Like, I, I know I don't, you don't have to love them. You just have to be interested in them, but yes. um, you know, but still it's hard, it's hard to put it out there and to worry about what people are going to say. Um, but I'd like to do more short, you know, short stories. I mean, I, I think, those are somehow more approachable. You don't feel like you're starting on an endeavor that's going to be, you know, years in the making. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I, I haven't really done it in a while, but I would like to. What is it like to change your whole life at the age of 50? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, luckily, like the other factors in my life stayed the same. <laughs> so it's not like really changing your whole life. It's just kind of changing part of your life. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's been interesting. I mean, the whole idea of writing is is very solitary in some ways. You're really kind of sitting with your own thoughts and usually in your own space. And I'm kind of an introvert. So for me, that doesn't bother me so much. But I do think you have to 
you don't have to, but I found that it's important to create a community around yourself because, you know, when you're used to working in an office and having colleagues and, you know, I had all, you know, I must've had where I worked, there were maybe 40 attorneys and we had, we had each other and we had the judges and we had, you know, we had other people to bounce things off of. And, you know, when you get home and you're just writing, you don't really have that. So, you know, I think it's been really important to create a community around myself and, and it's a slow process. It's not like, you know, all of a sudden you have all these writing friends, you know, you have some, and then somebody introduces you to somebody else. And it's, you know, it, it takes time to build up and it takes time to understand who, who is going to play what role for you. Is somebody going to endorse my book? Is somebody going to give me a shout out somewhere? Is somebody going to listen to me when I've completely lost all confidence in what I'm doing? Like you have to know who's who and, you know, who's going to play which role. And, you know, that takes a while. And is it uh, this uh, writing community, is this something that you managed to do with people like from your community as well? Or was it something that is more online? I would say it's both. I mean, at the beginning, you know, before all this COVID stuff, I, I was taking a lot of classes at this university. I took the first one with my friend and um, the classes at this particular place are part of what they call the writing Institute. So it's just adults taking classes. You, you know, you pay money per class and it's not a degree. You don't get any credit, anything like that. Um, but I met a lot of people through that over, you know, five or six years before this COVID. Um, you know, but then it's also is online. Like people will tell me, you know, this woman's so nice. She helped me with my first book. You should talk to her and I'll email her and then I'll end up, you know, so are they my friends? I mean, I don't know if they're my friends, but they're, you know, they're part of my community. Like I, I, I'd be happy to meet them someday. I hope that I do. You know, I have one one author who's coming to my launch party, I hope on Sunday, who I've never met in person, but she blurbed my book, the new book, and she's been very generous. And, you know, I, I would love to get to know her, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's some, some of it is definitely online, Facebook groups, things like that. And then some of it is actually mm -hmm. people that, you know, so. Do you have any tips for people who are at an impasse in their career and aren't sure what to do? Um, so I guess it's more just a matter of trying not to be afraid. And that's, you know, that's so hard. Like change is so hard. At, at least it is for me. I don't know. Maybe other people are a little better at it, but, you know, I think it's, it's a lot of it is your attitude and being willing to do something for a while, you know, which maybe will not be so successful at the beginning. I mean, I mean, I sent out, you know, so many manuscripts of my first book before I figured out that, you know what, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to, I ended up doing a hybrid publisher my first time around. I don't mm -hmm. know if they have that where you are, but like, you know, so I had to put in some money to it yeah. and you, you know, you'll meet people that say, you know, never pay to be published, never pay. And you know what? It's like, what does that mean? Like, it's not, that's just not the way the world works anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way these publishing houses work. There's so few big publishers anymore that you know, are going to take on new people and new people that are unproven and that don't have, you know, all sorts of degrees and accolades and whatever. So, I mean, there's just, you know, there's no point in getting held back by old notions of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And, you know, I think that's a lot of it is just trying to get out there and not be afraid of 
taking a chance. A lot of people are publishing independently as well. Of course. So, and sometimes it's just, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Gilbert, like the, the Eat, Pray, Love author, mm -hmm. because basically she had to publish that book to be out in the world and then be able to publish anything. So she just right. wrote for the masses. And sometimes you kind of need that. You need to put your work out there in right. any way, in some way, to be able to kind of carry on doing your job and, and right. being known by others. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And there, are, of course, publishing is, is quite complicated also in the United States. And, uh, um, yeah, I've interviewed also people who, who published independently and they are, their books are very loved by, uh, by readers. Right. Which is what matters. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you get down, it's not selling so many copies and whatever. And, you know, but then you remember, you got some note from someone saying, wow, this really meant something to me. I really related to this character or this story and think, wow, that, you know, that's pretty good. Like if, if you reach a few people, that's pretty good too. So you have written an essay titled, you know, more than you think. And I'd love to hear more um, on your thoughts on this. So I guess the point of that essay was that when you take your first writing class, everyone always says, write what you know. And, and I think it's really good advice for the most part, because, you know, you're familiar with things. It's going to be easier for you. You'll be able to get into detail that other people might not be able to, if it's not something that they know. I mean, I, my stuff about the law, you know, both in my first book and in this new book, it's, it's, it's not detailed, like you're not reading a legal treatise, but, but I know who the people are. I know how the courtroom works. I understand what happens when the case is delayed. I understand, you know, all sorts of things that you might not think about if you didn't know that. And, you know, and I think that that makes things easier. On the other side, you know, there's writing what you don't know, because there's certainly, you can do research, you can figure things out. I didn't know really anything much about dyslexia. Mm -hmm. when I wrote the middle grade book and I felt like, you know what, I can go and learn that. It's not that hard. And, you know, it allowed me to write it in a way that I've had any number of people who are dyslexic tell me that it really, it was very relatable and it was very real. And I, you know, got the details right and the feelings right. And, you know, so certainly you can also write about what you don't know. And obviously you're going to do that if you're writing historical fiction or something that you really need to research a lot. Um, so the point of the article was more like, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that you don't realize, you know, because you know, emotions, right? You know, what it's like to feel frustrated, you know, what it's like to feel like your world is falling apart. Like you just, you know, a lot of stuff that may not be the nuts and bolts of the subject of what you're writing about, but if you can get to the emotions you know, that's like three quarters of the battle, I think. So even with this book on dyslexia, like I don't know, I'm not dyslexic. My kids are not dyslexic, but you know, I have memories of being a 14 year old and feeling on the outside or feeling, you know, like I wasn't in the right class or I wasn't, didn't have the right friends. Like, you know, you, you know, all those things. And so if you delve a little deeper into what you do know, you find that you actually know an awful lot. It's kind of, you're talking about uh, writing a memoir and how sometimes you kind of wonder, okay, but what am I going to write? What's interesting about my life and how right. there are 
uh, like teachers who kind of teach you to write a memoir and there's a lot of students who go but I don't have any interesting story and it's by basically yes you do you just don't realize it because right. it's happening to you right but just tell it as if you're telling a friend and 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 kind of develop that like right. kind of give yeah. yourself also the the um, the space to believe in the story that you have to tell right for sure and and also i mean especially with the memoir stuff like it's not about like you know you discover the cure for cancer and you write your book about it i mean yes <laughs> if you do that <laughs> you you will write a book but you know it's also about like what went on, you know, when your mother passed away or what went on when you quit your job or what, what, you know, there's all sorts of smaller moments that are huge in the individual's life mm -hmm. that may not seem like they're worthy of writing about, but they are, because if you can find a way to write about them, that other people can find themselves in your words. I think that's really the goal. Like, it's not like their experience losing their mother is going to be exactly what yours was. But if you get to the core of it and the emotional element of it, they're going to recognize what you're talking about. What are you working on at the moment? So I just started something new and I don't, I don't know where it's going to go. It's, um, it's kind of more of a mother daughter story, a story about a woman who's now 35, who feels like, a lot of her failure to kind of launch in life is due to the way she was raised by her mother and not, not in some big, uh, terrible, abusive way or anything like that. Just in a, in a way, she always felt that her mother was not really focused on her enough and didn't really care that much about what was going on with her. And she kind of gets to the point where she's going to try to work that out and figure out with her mother what went on. And then something happens to her mother and she's, <laughs> she's left unable to do so. So oh. that's sort of the basic premise of it and see where it goes from there. But really, I just started. So we'll see. Do you know more or less when yeah, do you have a plans uh, for publishing? any year no i have that? nothing no <laughs> really honestly i'm just starting so we'll well, the, the idea is there so <laughs> the idea is there so that's good where can people find you online um so my website is reinamartergenton.com and you know the books are all on amazon or i, I don't know I, i'm not sure how to get them in other places but i know they are in some foreign countries on amazon so mm -hmm. It's the easiest way for people to uh, to find them. It's the easiest way. Because I'm in Europe, but I do think most of my listeners are in the USA. Because, okay. uh, yeah, I also, like, of course, I write for Book Riot. So that's also uh, USA-based. Uh, right. So a lot of people will be able to find them there as well. Okay, <laughs> excellent. And now this is the last question of the podcast. And I would like to ask you for an all-time favorite book and a book you would recommend right now. The hardest yeah. question, probably. I know, <laughs> and I'm really, I'm really bad at the all-time favorite book question. Mostly, not because I, I mean, I read a lot and I love a lot of books. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit of one of those people. It's like love the one you're with. Like the, <laughs> like the book I'm reading is always like the book I'm most involved in. Um, so on that note, I just finished the Lily King book, uh, one old one and one new one. I just read uh, The Writers and Lovers, which I loved. And I read uh, the one before, which Euphoria, 
uh, it's about an anthropologist, three anthropologists. Um, so I loved those books and all time favorite. I don't know. I don't know. I loved all the Cormac McCarthy, that trilogy, all the pretty horses trilogy. Um, I read all different things. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not really good at the all time favorite question. That's uh, it's curious because I usually tend to tell people because I know how difficult it is. I've I've got asked also, what's your favorite books? Like that's that's impossible to say. Right. Uh, but a lot of people I do say, okay, just like don't say twenty, but you can say a few <laughs> if that helps. Yeah. But I do know that it's a very unfair question, and it's a bit why I ask it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we can we get a few recommendations in in any case, especially new ones. Right. <laughs> So, uh, Reina, thank you so much for, for coming to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. You can access today's show's notes via my pod page, which you can find along with all of my social media links at linktree slash Karina Pereira. If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting A Story of Sorts on Patreon. Patreon is a platform which allows you to contribute monthly to the podcast in exchange for extra content such as early access to episodes, a shout out at the end of an episode and on Instagram, and choosing a theme for me to talk about on the podcast. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash a story of sorts. Leaving a review would also be highly appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe to get a notification when the next episode hits. I'll talk to you then, and thank you for listening.